You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship. Or a friendship. You had no idea what was going on, (laughs) so that made it kind of priceless. So, we have a guest this week, and he is uh, one of the top-ranked light heavyweight contenders in Bellator. Wow! Wow, yeah. that's a big deal. That is a big deal. I didn't tell you that part. Yet. No, you did not tell me that. So how so, do you? Well, I'm sorry. So let me, I, I let told me him. I, I told him. I was like, "Hey, I've got a surprise for you today," and he was like, "Okay, Otto, go away, buddy." Um, and he's like, "Okay, cool." So wait, wait, before we get yeah. into this, can we address why your dog has a Nazi's name? Otto? Otto Octavius. No. Well, okay. So first of all, I mean, that guy was a fucking Nazi. I mean, let's not talk about what was in his bunker. But anyway, so Julius is a a professional fighter? Yes. You can can talk to him. He's right there. No, I don't want (laughs) to. I don't want to make eye contact because I don't want to get punched by those giant fucking hands. (laughs) He shook your hand earlier and you're like, holy shit. Is that a fighter's grip for sure? Yeah. That's amazing. So, um... Our listeners have no idea who you are because our listeners, for the most part, are board gamers and nerds. Uh, Same. Are you are? Yeah. Well, I mean, board games I haven't done in a while, but I do draw sometimes, do little uh, origamis, or I haven't done that in a while either. But so you just keep to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I did post some pictures on Instagram of me uh, um, doing some drawings. I got this coloring book for Christmas where it's just bunch of little gaps and you just fill it in with colors and just so it's like one of those adult coloring books okay so sometimes i just sit for four hours straight and just draw just sit there and doodle and whatnot Mm -hmm. that's what's up and uh so being that you're a professional athlete slash cage fighter Mm -hmm. um how's the love life it's good it's good i think uh i try to stay more focused on um just fighting okay everybody says like we don't know who the greatest fighter is because uh, his career got cut short because he got someone pregnant or something like that so i just try to i guess stay focused and uh, not jump in the relationships so quick i guess like yes i have friends who i talk to but my mind is just strictly on all right let's fight i mean if i run into somebody great but i'm like super picky um, it's tough for me to find somebody. And at the same time, not too many people want to talk to me because they find me scary I mean, before you're, they get to know me. You're, you're six foot three and like 230 pounds, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, you're rocking the cauliflower ears. You've got the shaved head. You've got the, the shaved head, too much testosterone pushing all the hair out. Yep. You've got the beard <laughs> to compensate for the bald head. Yeah, I mean, you're you're rocking like the classic Caucasian, that guy's no good. Yeah, and uh, when I used to work at uh, Mandarin Lounge doing security, and also in college, like I had, eventually these girls would talk to me and they would say something like, oh my God, we wanted to talk to you for like three months, but we were scared because we thought you like serial killer or something, but now we found out you're the coolest guy in the room. I'm like, oh. Great. And you're yeah, like, no, it, took, it took you three months to yeah, realize but it, that. If you told me that you were some former Soviet block enforcer from Jersey, yeah. right, I, or, or Atlantic <laughs> City, like I would fucking believe that, right? Yeah. I mean, so is English? English is not your first language, I presume. No. no. Uh, yeah, I came to the United States around 2005. I was uh, uh, 14 at that moment. Um, I knew a little bit of English, but I mean, it was easy to learn. It. Where'd you come from? Lithuania. Ah, see, man, yeah. I'm I'm actually not an entirely an idiot. <laughs> Close, just not entirely. <laughs> just not entirely. So you came you came from Lithuania in yes. 2005, mm-hmm. and you were seven and a half feet tall at that point in time, right? Yeah, some give or take. Fucking enormous. <laughs> and uh, so I I did another podcast with him, um, and he was you were huge when you were a kid. Like a teenager, right? Yeah, I was about very similar height. Like, yeah, I, I grew up quick and then just stopped. 
I mean, he's still fucking enormous. Six foot three. He's a big dude. So how, yeah. okay. So you're, so you're 14 years old. Your family leaves Lithuania. Uh-huh. Why do you leave Lithuania? Uh, for job, uh, just like everybody else, just like look for opportunities. They left actually five years before I did. We thought they only going to be gone for like a year. And um, we did not realize it's going to be five years. Me and my brother, we stayed with my grandma. And uh, my parents were like, okay, yeah, we're going to go because we weren't doing too well. So they left. And after one year, they just kind of stayed. And they said, oh, we'll, we'll stay a little bit longer. And we're like, okay. So it was a slow conditioning of them not being around versus, all right, we're going to come back in five years. And that idea alone makes you just panic. While at first, uh, one year, okay, we, we can get through it. Then they just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, sending money back home to Lithuania to my grandma. Right. And So if you were yeah. 14 when you guys moved here to the States, yeah. then sure, fuck, you're, you're nine years old when your parents come to the United States and leave you with your grandparents. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, we didn't think much of it because the way they made everything sound that it's not a big deal it's no worry so we're like okay cool so we're just gonna leave the country yeah you guys stay here you guys stay here we'll yes. get you in a little bit see the yeah. thing is i mean it's like for for me and chris i mean we're we're middle class caucasian straight men like born in america like we hit the fucking lottery right yeah. so for us the idea of our parents looking around them and saying this nation doesn't provide opportunity enough. We are literally going to pull up stakes. We're going to a place where we don't really speak the language, where we don't know the culture, and we're going to build a better life for our kids. That's that's remarkable in and of itself. Yeah. That's amazing. But then for you to say, well, on top of it, I am going to become a dominant physical specimen and fight people professionally. That's yeah. amazing. So. I was talking to him on this other show about like his mindset. That was the thing that blew my mind. I got, that's another time, another conversation. You guys can listen to uh, that when the episode drops. That's going to be the slightly average podcast. Anywho, um, yeah, his mindset with that is fucking insane. He's like, oh, you know, I was thinking, man, I could do this and it's over and I don't have to do it anymore. But I was like, oh, then I lose 25% of my money. Oh, 50. 50. 50% <laughs> of his money. So, yeah, if wow. you don't win, you lose 50% of your purse. Wow. Yeah, because you have, like, fight money to show up and fight money and yeah. then win money. So you pretty much try to fight for that win money because you already got that half. You can lose if you want. Some people do that. They just show up and don't really fight, and they just collect that half paycheck. But How the fuck do you do that at the professional level, though? I think uh, later on, you just maybe get tired of it. You just kind of slowly start burning out, and you already build a name for yourself. So your paycheck is already big to begin with. Gotcha. And if you really, really like make it, and like you have a big name, then you can. Most people renegotiate a contract where they get most money just to fight. And like a small bonus if you win. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm, I am not a mixed martial arts guy or expert by any stretch of the imagination. So anyone that I would reference is going to be a very, very old name. But imagine having a strong career, but then on sort of the the back nine or the decline of your career, where you're a viable gatekeeper, right? So you're BJ Penn. You're not winning titles anymore, but everybody's got to go through you to get a title shot, I right? Think, yeah. that's I think that's. A- Good just, fucking career. I'm not going to talk about it on the show, but I think that's what just happened to a guy. I think Tony Ferguson just became the gatekeeper for light heavyweights. Who? Tony Ferguson in uh, UFC. For light heavyweights? Or not light yeah, heavyweights. I'm sorry, for, for, for lightweight. Weight, lightweight. I'm tripping, yeah, yeah, yeah. for lightweight. Um, because he, so he's 36. He had a major knee surgery like two years ago. Okay. He's, it, it's, you're on that downhill slope. He lost a title fight recently. He's 36 years old, man. He's yeah. fighting. He's fighting people damn near half his age. Exactly, That's amazing. That are goddamn savages. Yeah, and he's doing it at a high level. And he lost to a fucking savage, uh, Charles Gage? Oliveira. Oh, the last weekend. Yeah, last weekend. Oh, so it was not a draw. No, oh, no, no, no. Um, the draw was Figueroa. Okay. Figueroa drew out at uh, flyweight. Okay. Um, 
anywho, so yeah, I think that guy is going to become the gatekeeper of 155, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of bummed about that because yeah. it was kind of cowboy. If you could yeah. be a cowboy, you were top 10. I hate to see Tony Ferguson turn into that, but yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. I-, I have a question. Yeah. How the fuck do you two know each other? Like, yeah. how, how did this uh-huh. happen? <laughs> so when I worked for uh, Strix Vitro, the greatest shop ever, all that stuff, uh-huh. um, he was a sponsored athlete by us and i was like dude i fucking love mma so i would just bullshit with him a little bit i'd be like hey i want to come train with you and he's like okay you can come do that stupid Uh, (laughs) and i'm like fuck yeah and uh so i'd i'd bullshit with him here or there and i'm like hey you need to ask for money and stuff like that because i I was all about i'm like hey get get everything in writing ask for money and he's like it's okay man sweetheart sweetheart of a man <laughs> he's like it's okay dude i'll just come in and get some free product or something well you know i it's funny i actually so chris and i we you know we both want to talk for a living and we both do a number of different podcasts i actually just talked to a guy named jason brick who has a pretty popular youtube show for i mean our caliber uh called the safest family on the block and they basically he's a black belt in uh, Kembo Karate. He used to teach martial arts, yada, yada, yada. He interviews people in all variety of spectrums of personal safety, people that were in the military, professional bodyguards, etc. And the reason he is so chill is... Because it, it could kill you. It's confidence. It's, it's, it's discipline. It's training. It's recognizing that he doesn't have anything to prove. And if you look at the etymology of the word submit, it means to restrain your strength. It doesn't mean that you're rolling over and taking one in the shitter. What it means is, is that I have the power to defy you, but I'm going to set that aside and I'm going to submit to, okay. I mean, that's where it originally comes from. But people that have sort of an athlete warrior mindset are more comfortable with themselves and more comfortable with the world around them. So they're generally not big assholes. And the ones that are have tiny peckers. Yeah. <laughs> and you also kind of lose your ego because in the room you get beat up as well. Yeah. And you get choked out once in a while. So you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not as tough as I think. At the I same might lose time, too, yeah. I might lose too. And yeah. you just kind of get checked. You're not winning all the time in practice room. So that kind of hum- humbles you a little bit. And so that's why I feel like everybody should fight or train just to lose the ego. And it'll, it'll make everybody humble get punched a little bit and you're like huh i'm not made out of rock i'm here. yeah i mean, like I mean could you imagine having this guy punch you <laughs> i do not have any did you see his hands did I, you see his fucking hands so, did you see how beefy his fucking palms are no way man there's no fucking way i want to get hit by that you fought in october right was it october or november uh, november november so he just he fucking pieced this guy up and it was like just ones and twos down the middle. And this this poor guy. Now, for, for those of us that don't know what the sport, what what does that mean? It, ones and twos down the middle. So it's basically, here, it's, go ahead. You're it's the, fighter. the most, I would say, I would call it the most basic, simplest Striking. punch. Okay. It, one is jab, just straight punch. And then two is your right hand, also straight punch. So instead of just swinging, making these big circles with your hands, you just do a straight line path with your lead hand and with your back hand. So pretty much that's all I did. While you see most people, they just start swinging, creating these big arcs. I just did straight line, like from point A to point B. Quickest way to get a straight line. So that's all I did over and over and over again. And it looked good. Huh. It did look good, dude. <laughs> Fucking wild. How long have you been doing professional fighting? Uh, I think I think I've been training for six years, if I'm not mistaken. Five and a half or six years. Um, I was amateur for one year, one year and a half, and then we turned pro just because we start running out of fights. And so we just, yeah, my first, I trained for a little bit. Then I think we started fighting like four months after I started training. And within six months, I had 13 fights or so, including boxing, MMA. So sometimes it would be like fighting every other weekend, sometimes a few times in one week. Um, so yeah, like, and then after that, after those six months, I thought I had one more boxing fight and then everything just stopped. And we're like, okay, should we just turn pro then? And we just did. So. And then you're, uh, so if you lost on the 
lower circuit, like before you were pro, that doesn't count in your pro record, nope. correct? Once you turn pro, then it's like a fresh start. Brand new. Brand new. Tabula rasa. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares what you did in the amateur. I mean, sure, it looks good if you did some like a lot of fights or like sure. beat some crazy people. But yeah, everything just starts fresh. That's why they always say like, "Hey, get as many fights as you can as amateur," because once you turn pro, you can't go back, and you it, then it's gonna count. So and pro is when you just start making money on it. Yep. It's as soon as they start paying you, you're pro. Yes, you're pro, and you could possibly fight anybody. So you could be in a circle with anybody. Um, so things could get a little tougher, maybe finding fights. Um, so yeah, amateur, usually people stay if they just enjoy it, they want to compete, they want to fight, they don't care about it. And there, of course, there are some people who do it at the pro level who just want to, again, fight. They don't care if they win or lose, and they're not striving to become better and better fighter. They just like to do it. So they'll they train, they'll go through motion, and if they get an opponent, great, I'll get to scrap a little bit. And they don't put too much worry oh i must win this for my career like like that's I fucked do. up yeah, yeah there's a i i had no idea that there was that broader diversity in attitude mm-hmm. i just assumed ignorantly that the people that compete at that level must all have a certain dedication to them and that same hunger and fire in their belly yeah not everybody there are some people who have like over hundred pro fights or so and they just they just love to fight they they know they don't have the physical ability or um, mental capacity to like stay disciplined to like not drink or eat bad they they just love to fight so if somebody calls them to hey you want to fight this ex-UFC guy sure I don't care so they just go in just to have some fun and uh, it's kind of fun to watch those guys just because they have nothing to lose and they're not worried about their um career or anything like climbing up the ladder they just they just love to fight right just showing up on time being ready to fight at the drop of the hat yeah. having that Throwing level of, hands with a fucking yeah. animal well <laughs> just just being reliable and like you said not caring who's gonna punch you in the face yeah. that seems like a pretty kick-ass way to have a career right right yeah. right but you you can't get a lot of longevity out of that like what what's you can you can basically fight professionally for probably 10 15 years if you're lucky right yes depends yeah when you start and what weight class you are because if you smaller weight class you don't get hit as hard uh you don't well yeah that would come from both people but at the same time you you might start losing when you get in your 30s because little guys depend on their speed mm. so when you start slowing down even though you're good the younger my, guy might get you while if you like two or five or or a heavyweight, you see a bunch of old men there because there isn't too much speed to begin with, but you do get to keep your strength and power when you're old. You get so that dad strength. You get that dad strength. <laughs> so, so like a lot of two or fivers and heavyweights, you see like a lot of old older guys just because nothing too change, nothing much changed too much. So it's like in in old is thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah, that's an like, old guy. Yes, there are some in like in, the, in their forties. Not many though. Not, There's, not too I many. was going to say that's that's super, not yeah. average. Yeah, that's yeah, cutting. Yeah, and you had to be a super physical specimen to even do that in the first place, like your yeah. uh, Yoel Romero's and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or your Randy Couture's. Yeah. Yeah. See, I know. Oh, Dude, I know. You're so I, good. I, at I know this. a goddamn name. So yeah. How old are you? I'm 29. 29. And you're not seeing anybody seriously? No, nah, just just talking. Um, I mean, talking, yes, and sure, there's opportunity to make it more serious. But just seeing from, I guess, how past relationships like are going down, you're just not rushing to jump into anything right now. You're just taking it slow. And How hard has the pandemic made dating? Ooh... I'm trying to think not at all because like I don't I don't go out much right and since I was just so focused on training and fighting I just I don't know I just kind of just yeah focus on fighting um like a lot of other guys like sure they go out like tinder swipe 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 right and like meet new people I think I just kind of sit on the sidelines and just watch a little more because I am like extremely picky really really picky so for me if I just see one flaw or one mistake I'm like, 
<laughs> Dang it. Do you do you have a height requirement? No, it's it's just no? uh, I think it's more about combination of okay. things because people say like, oh, I like tall, oh, I like short. Well, I like both, but as long as it's just again right combination. You're like you gotta have a banging ass body. Exactly. Because this guy's fucking chiseled, so he's like, if I, if you're not chiseled too, yeah, like, it's not happening, girl. I uh, okay, I, I <laughs> see. I requirement number one, interest in me. That's the most <laughs> important quality. <laughs> Second, does she have red hair and is it natural? That's all. It's really all I need. That's it. Yeah, I mean, she redhead. Does she like you? Yeah. If she is a four with red hair naturally, who's interested in me? I am on board. That's all I need. So you you can do blonde or brunette. I can, but I'd rather not. I have a very specific taste. I really, really am into redheads. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and my wife, my wife is not a natural redhead, and we have been together. Well, you're 29, so we've been together since you were one year old. Wow. Yeah, we've been together for a very, very long time since our high school. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any specifications. Why? I, I like the one Why, that I'm Chris? married to. I, you're well, the woman you married to is great. I mean, she's fucking nuts. No, but bad she's shit. Great. Bad shit, and not paying attention. Um. Oh, I've, never is, said, I've never said anything on the show that I've not said with Tara in the room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't have any, like, type. I like big boobs. Big boobs are good for me. So that was my type. I'm like, you got big boobs? I like you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Chris. So I was, uh, I, I was watching a, a video recently with this guy named Rory Miller. It was actually a Safest Family on the Block episode. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about fighting as communication. And he does a lot of psyops is not the right word, but basically there's sort of the psychology behind communication and combat and how people fight. So do you study anything you know psychologically body language or anything like that to help sort of read your opponent do you study tape on him well we do watch tape to see what he does and like the weapons that he throws because like our kind of idea is everybody has like few things that they do consistently so we just try to take away their few main weapons and then they just become regular fighter after that because everybody throws jab everybody kicks but everybody has something different that they do so we just try to see what that is and just uh stop that so what is your what is your thing what is it that you do consistently i think the thing that i do consistently is just yeah just keeping it simple just basic but making that basic very very good and it's like it's strange to me like everybody understands what those basics are all these fighters would if they would have to teach simple punching they would show the actual thing like pretty much i do like both hands are up full extension opposite hand is by your face but yet they don't do it themselves whenever they fight it's like so you know the answer how techniques should be thrown why throwing all these wild punches so i just try to I guess really, really go with that basic, most standard textbook striking. Gotcha. So somebody who gets into the cage with you knows that they're not in for anything fancy. I'm not going to see some some broad haymakers. I'm going to basically be constantly, oh shit, defense, hands up at face sort of thing. Right, okay. right. Because we're trying to look at the long term because... How to say it? Right now, sure, I could beat a bunch of people, but we're trying to get ready for, like, the champion and, like, for, like, really, really, really good guys. So if, like, for example, if I throw wild and my hands are down, that could cost me a fight. So we just try to eliminate all the possibilities of just getting clipped, getting caught because I do something stupid. Do you ever do you ever get criticized for being boring? Because I know that, like, I've got some friends that were really into the other big, you know, in the uh, UFC, yeah. right? And uh, there were fighters who were consistently good, but yeah. there was never a lot of, uh, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't fun to watch. You ever get that kind of criticism? It's weird because it's a little bit mixed. And I think 
one person said it and then it got carried away because first of all like my pace i just kind of go and go and go just continuously walk forward and make the action happen and even though punches i'm not punching from like my back pocket and just swinging wild i keep it busy and i think i do bring something that not too many people do so it is interesting to watch and i did get a lot of compliments like oh my god ones and twos ones and twos you said at the beginning (laughs) of the show ones and twos it looked sick one time a commentator said that oh it's basic it's not pretty but it just looks awesome so it's almost like they come how to say uh it's almost like they were confused between what to say. They say it's not pretty, but then <laughs> two seconds later, they say how awesome it looks. And then just because the commentator said that, like last week I did an interview and over the phone and the interviewer just kept repeating how my technique was like, yeah, it's it's not pretty, it's not that, but you get the job done. I'm like, the fuck you mean it's not pretty? It's like everyone <laughs> says how sick it looked, how much I touched the guy up. So what is pretty? Like losing to technique and swinging wild because when you watch it, it does look pretty, but it's almost like you just wanted to see me. They want those big flowery movements, you big, know, big flowery movements. But I mean, at the same time, everybody does that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people do that. So now I hop in and I do a great performance with the simple, like basics, and I just made them look good. So yeah, I think that was pretty. So like, even it took me like two days to realize wait a minute why the hell did he say like four times in a row that it was not pretty like hell yeah it was pretty it looked good <laughs> no, it was fucking it was, beautiful it was beautiful it like, was artwork well, god well, damn it yeah. you know and, and i don't know i don't know how what other sort of we have this idiom in america and i'm sure you've heard it because you've been here mm-hmm. forever that you know remember the fundamentals right yeah to to study the basics and mm-hmm. that i think is interesting because every whether it's a sports team or an individual athlete or performer you go back to those fundamentals and you know you're talking here that's exactly how you're winning fights is you're going down to your basic ones and twos your fundamentals and you're you know kicking the crap out of people with it yeah well then well he said the the strategy is to you go in you neutralize their primary weapons Mm -hmm. okay so i've done that and then I'm just going to out-basic you. Yeah, like yeah. Chris with that giant pig nose, he's all that oxygen he's able to draw into his face because good. his nostrils are so fucking enormous. <laughs> They're cavern. I could drive a car. So the first thing I would do is elbow Chris in the nose to get that all swelled up to reduce Can't the break of, it, though. See, yeah. it's not pointy enough to break. Well, no, because, because it's, it's a piglet's already in this nose. Position. Because, it's yeah. all, because it's all fat and cartilage. It's, no, I know. It disgusts me. It's perfect. You make me throw up this in my is, mouth every I time should, I look. I should be a professional fighter because of this fucking stupid nose. Now, you're, now the, your giant shield-like chiclet teeth. People would be not punch you in the face, though, because they... I they don't could know, die. They could. They yeah, could. six people died thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, now, if oh, you're God. an old person and you remember the letter people and, you know, T for teeth, Chris, Chris's teeth are way bigger. He's like, Tony <laughs> Robbins is like, that guy's got some fucking chiclets. Okay, first of all... <laughs> I don't have teeth as big as that guy. <laughs> you do. You, that you guy's teeth are me. fucking impressive. He's got like giantism or something. Nah, he's I, like eight and a half feet tall. Yeah, he's also super wealthy. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm envious. So, so, so you have you have this interesting relationship with media then, because that's a big part of your job. Yeah. So what what is what's that like? Uh, I like it. I mean, we don't do I don't do media every day or every week. It's sure. just usually when around the fights. Okay. A little bit a couple of weeks before the fight, I have you maybe the week of and it's almost like I had more interviews doing my amateur days or like early uh pro days than right now. I don't know why. Um but yeah, usually it's just a little bit before the fight, a little bit after and um I mean, I like it. It's not too much. It's not crazy annoying. And um, usually, I like the ones where we talk about new things, talk about the fight that just happened or talking about the future. Like, I think before my last fight, I had one guy from overseas who literally was asking me questions as in it was my first amateur fight ever. It's like, so where did you grow up? Uh, how old are you? Like, What's your favorite color? I'm like, 
We, <laughs> we totally like, just did that I shit. I did ask your age, but <laughs> age, age no, no, but like, age is no, an important like, thing like we for context, right? Now. right? Yeah. It, it is. It's, it, it's important for context. Yeah, that was like strictly like for fighting. Like It was like one of those interviews that I did it like so many times. But well, like you're, you're like, now I have a reputation. Yeah. Now I exist in this space. Yeah. So I shouldn't have to do this interview again. Yeah, because we were like pretty much just like going off the fight that I just did. But he he was just, I don't know, he was just a bad interviewer. Well, you know, if you change organizations, that's going to start all over again. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no yeah, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a guy from the organization. It was just okay. a random, random yeah, guy who was just... Well, what will happen is if you change organizations, everybody's going to look at you and they're going to be like, this guy is new because we haven't seen him on this yeah. stage yet. Yeah. And they're going to be like, so who the fuck are you? Yeah. Um. So a lot of guys are uh, American immigrants like yourself, mm-hmm. but carry their their former country's flag. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything like that? Yeah, uh, freaking last time I forgot um, to bring you with me. Yeah, uh, in a lot of fights, I, I carried that, walked out with Lithuanian flag. In Bellator, they have, um, before we walk out, they show both fighters and, like, age, length, height, whatever. Yeah, reach, blah, blah, blah. Reach, so, like, and they have, like, the flag behind us, like, edited with um, with the computer. And, yeah, sometimes I walk out with the flag, sometimes I have a flag in the cage. But last time I completely forgot it, I was on the plane and I'm like, shit, I forgot the flag. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's all right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have to remember that for next time. But I'm going to buy you an American flag. God damn it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, wait, what? They're they going to look so confused. Yeah. And then you're going to have a slight accent and they're going to be like, this guy's not this American. Guy. I'm yeah. like, fuck off. He's been in America for yeah. 15 years. He's in Lithuania for 14 years. Yeah. He's more American than he is Lithuanian. So fuck off. That's what, that's what I, I say. At this, yeah. It's but, slowly getting there. Yeah. yeah. But by the same token, I mean, I'm not, the, I'm, that dude can carry whatever fucking flag he wants and I'm not going to tell him otherwise. Yeah. I did get yeah, my you're citizenship. You're going to carry a gun. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At this range, gun's not going to do me any good. So you, you said you got yeah. your citizenship as well. Yeah. I think it was like. Four so, years ago. So is it? Are you a dual citizen, or did you have to renounce your Lithuanian citizenship? Uh, if as right now I have dual, I don't know how it works. Maybe my passport need to needs to expire. Um, I don't think they like dual citizenship, so I think if they're yeah, gonna a lot of countries don't. Yeah, I think if they're gonna listen to this podcast, they're gonna be like, "What? He's American," and they're just gonna. He's uh, American. Well, now. Yeah. hey, listen. If it makes you feel any better, we're. We are fucking, I mean, we are nobody, right? So the idea that the, some Lithuanian government agents are going to hear this and want to revoke your citizenship <laughs> yeah. is is the odds are so slim. Yeah. I mean, they're smaller than Chris's dick, and that is small. Yeah. Micro. Micro. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think it would matter either. I mean, if... I, yeah, tell there's them to nothing, fight you for it. There's nothing stopping me from going there anyway, even right. if I just right. lose, lose their citizenship. As an American citizen, yeah. Yeah, so it's just kind of just a piece of paper people still look at me like Lithuanian like even though if I say like sure, sure I got the American citizenship they would be like cool that's just a paper you got some little bit more I guess legal power we can't send you home if you do something bad but yeah. besides that like nothing changes but but yeah that process was cool it was like 300 people in the auditorium like every nationality it was just it was crazy it was just literally everybody look around just like from all over the world. Yeah. And nope. Nobody nobody loves America like immigrants, man. Nobody yep. loves this That's country true. like people who came here from someplace else. Yep. Right. You know? Yep. And I I mean I don't want to get into a political thing, but I just every every day it is it is not our citizens that are fleeing across the border into Mexico or into Canada to flee America. It just doesn't fucking happen. People come here for a reason. Now, we're not the best country. I mean, we're the best country in the world, but, you know. <laughs> we, throwing that out there. We, 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 we are, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like, and I think it was Churchill, somebody said about capitalism. Capitalism is a terrible form of government. It's just better than the rest. America is a terrible 
country. We are just better than the rest. And I say that and whatever. And that's a very American thing to say, but fuck off. I don't care. That's, show a very, me, that's, show an, me, that's an American show thing to say. Show me <laughs> another country where people are getting on a raft and floating 90 miles to come to fucking Florida. Like the shittiest place we have to offer and people are <laughs> drowning to get there, right? So just show me another country where it happens. You're not gonna. Dang. I do. I love this country. Uh-huh. I do. I do. I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, sure we've got our flaws and this, or, you know, we have our problems. Nothing but, is perfect. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love living in a place where I can have this microphone and say these words on the internet and somebody's not to come out of my fucking house and disappear me. Yeah. Oh, now, oh, now. now. Okay, now we've got a show. Now we've got an... Are you a conspiracy you, guy? Uh, I watched them. I like it. Yeah, like, me too. For, I can, first, yeah. yeah, first of all, like, I, I keep my mind open. I'm, I wouldn't say, like, yo, this is it. Like, we never landed on the moon or, um, or something like that. But I like it. I always look into them. Sometimes I'm just on YouTube and watching yeah. conspiracy theories just because it's almost like it's just a story. I mean, we watch movies, but we watch Godzilla, but like Godzilla is not real. Right. We just, the- just because it's so cool. We watch movies, we read books. So it's like, why not uh, listen to all these conspiracy theories and just kind of spark up your mind about us being in a dome or there being something behind giant ice walls. So it's like, it's just cool mm-hmm. to watch and just pick it apart. But I wouldn't say it's, I would like swear by it, but it's definitely really cool to like look in like all the cartoon conspiracy theories yeah. or just other conspiracy for, theories. For me, the closer, because I love conspiracy theory yeah. as entertainment, but the closer I can draw that conspiracy to reality, the more intriguing it is to me, right? Like, so for example, where's, where, what happened to Jeffrey Epstein? Who, like, I don't, yeah. I don't need, I don't need lizard overlords controlling the government. People having an island where they fucking rape children and bring politicians, well, that's, that's all I need, right? Like Operation Northwoods, Project Blue Book, like stuff you can see is real. Like where's Ghislaine Maxwell? Julius is like, what the fuck did I get into? Uh, <laughs> like, but that's, but that's what I, but those are the kind of things that I want to know is, is you've been, there's so much fucked up stuff that our government is done. I don't trust them. Yeah. Right, I don't. But I mean, who's who is better than the United States at fucking with other nations' elections? You think that we don't do it to our own? Yeah. I mean, come on. We, how many? How many elections? How many democratically elected people have we democratically elected in other nations via the CIA, etc.? But we wouldn't do it here. Okay. Right. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think this was going to go there. Yeah, I did not either, but I'm yeah. very delightful that it did. From relationships to conspiracy theory. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um okay, we're going to try to take it back a little bit. We're taking it back. Sure. Do you guys do you guys talk in the ring? In the in the cage? Do you guys oh, do communicate you with each other? Have I done it? Uh I mean, shit talk, mutual no. respect, like like a guy tags you and you just kind of give him a, that was a good one, man. No, you got me. I, I just try to kind of, it goes in my mind, like it almost goes in one ear and goes out of the other. Because like some people do try to play that mental game and they just try to talk. But I'm just like, nope, nope, this is not high school. This can't work on you. Just stay focused on your task. Um, one, I, I remember I fought in Kansas City. And I was between the two bleachers ready to walk out. And on the wall, they had a giant screen and they were showing my opponent talking. And this lady is on the top of the bleacher. I'm like right under her. She like looks at me, looks at the screen. She points at the screen, looks at me and she's like, this guy's going to beat your fucking ass. I'm like, oh God. You're like, I'm going to fuck you up, lady. <laughs> yeah. and, and then all these Latino people, they saw me walking out with Lithuanian flag and they're like, yeah, he's one of our own. He's an immigrant. Yeah. So they were, they were, they were cheering for me. So that was cool. Uh, they were screaming. Yeah. Well, at one point they were screaming USA during the fight, but I'm like, nope, nope, just, just zone that out. Not, it's all fine. 
like so I won that fight but it was his hometown too but he was a nice guy <laughs> <laughs> how so how often how often does that happen where you're where I mean are you able to put your bullshit that's in the ring outside and after a fight you're able to talk to a guy and 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 have a uh, a respectful conversation or, or communication yes. if he's a douche to begin with like if he was like a he's douche. a nick diaz kind of guy yeah i got uh, you yeah well i never got to fight any more, more like people like that i just had some guys who just like talk shit to like maybe sell the fight while Nick Diaz probably like actually he's just hates a fucking you. dick yeah no he's I mean he's a great fighter but he's a fucking cock yeah and uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, what was I gonna say where what were we talking about I was talking about Nick Diaz being a dick oh, oh and God. you were saying yeah, people that talking shit if a guy if a guy's a douchebag before the fight he's gonna be a douchebag yeah. after the fight yeah so I mean that's what happened my first Bellator fight I fought this kid Jordan and my buddy sent me all these videos of him like talking trash about me being like me having degree in teaching and how I'm gonna become a teacher after this fight blah 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 I'm a pussy what's I'm wrong a with being a teacher I don't know and he, he made a, another video how like no gym teacher is on his level blah 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 so I was like wow like he's, he's either a dick he's trying to sell the fight or he's trying to gas himself up so I mean I, that, none of that got into my head um, I beat him up and <laughs> then, then he start tries to like be cool with me, like, oh yeah, you put your gym on the map, congrats, da da da. Like he shook my hand, but I'm like, no, dude, we got grudge for life. Like uh, you, you don't, you don't get to. Okay, let me ask you this then: What if, just hypothetically uh-huh. speaking, he comes to you after the fight and he's like, man, congratulations, look, all that stuff before, I was just trying to hype, man. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be a dick to you, or really sincerely, yeah. you were great, da 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 da. In that case, I would be like, I would be a little bit annoyed, mm-hmm. but I would see his true color. Like, I'd be like, okay, like, he honestly, the way he presents himself, he, he means it. Yeah. He did not mean to, like, talk shit. So I would still be annoyed that I had to deal with it. Yeah. I wish he would have, like, gave me a heads up. Hey, Julius, so, I'm going to talk some shit. Not personal, just throwing it out there. Please don't get offended, da, da, da. But I'm still going to make these videos. <laughs> you like it or not, but I just want you to know that. Just don't pay attention to them. Um, okay, cool, yeah, do whatever. I'm still sure would be a little annoyed, like, that you, like, trying to stir the pot or, like, call insult, do insults or whatever. So then I made a video of him. I made a video on Instagram where he... Uh, he's talking shit for like a few seconds and then me kicking his ass for a few seconds. Then him talking <laughs> shit for a few seconds and me kicking his ass for a few seconds. He got it upset. He got upset about it. He's like, oh, I didn't think you're going to take it offensive, blah, blah, blah. I shook your fight after, I shook your hand after the fight. I thought we squashed him. Like, no, like you, you made the video so you would get under my skin. And now that I made a video, like you're saying I should not have done it. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's fight again, Let's bitch. Let's fight again. Oh, my God. So now, so that is so fun. So I'm going to, I am going to ask you because I have never interviewed yeah. a professional fighter before. So I'm going mm-hmm. to ask you childish and immature first timer questions. So this is going to be like losing my virginity. It's going to be very clumsy and quick. Uh, <laughs> but so did you scrap a lot as a kid in Lithuania? No. No, I just stayed in my house, played oh, video games. Because you look like a scrapper, man. You like you looks like somebody who, like, if you were my brother, I I would write checks that you have to cash. Like, huh. I would be out there with my mouth running at motherfuckers, talking so much shit, and then bring my brother in, who's a monster. <laughs> yeah, I I just yeah, I didn't do nothing. I just went to school, come back home, and just like everybody else, I would just play video games all day. Yeah all night you know even even if you didn't have an accent i could tell that you're not an american because you're so genuine right you are a very no not trying to kiss ass i'm very very serious that you don't have any facade right like you don't have there's nothing fake about you there's no there's no veneer you're a very decent genuine guy and no wonder you're shocked when people are like i'm gonna kick this guy's ass and people because americans we just talk man we just we blather and we're we're so bombastic and big right and a lot of time i don't think people mean anything by it i think that's just that we have so much freedom and so much space that we're abusive about it yeah well i mean most fighters are cool because again they get humbled in practice 
So I feel fighting in itself just makes you a better person. But yes, you can't filter every person. And there are some people who are just like, damn. My last opponent, I watched his interviews and everybody said he was just the nicest guy ever. And I guess he just brings a little bit more aggressiveness in the fight. Um, or like around the fight when he needs to stay focused. Uh, right before we started fighting, he looked at me and he's like, no touch. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, okay, he means business now. He like completely threw me off. It, just because of that was the first thing he ever said. He like looked at me. He's like, no touch. And I'm like, oh man. All right. I guess he's going to bring it. Now, was that just you or is that just his, his modus operandi? Is that just the way he fights? I think that's just the way he does. He just like doesn't do a glove what? touch and he just goes down to business. But he's an, apparently he's a super nice guy. We did not get to talk after the fight because, I mean, he was undefeated. I'm sure he was pretty pissed that he lost mm. and he was still in a fight mode. The guy uh, who you just beat? Yeah, so... Why do they keep putting you against undefeated guys? Fucking them up, bro. He's like, he's, like, he's like, hey, listen, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a guy who's a great fighter. Um, he's undefeated. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody is... Well, when are you getting a title bout, I guess, is the question. Like, where are you ranked on that, right? Because if they keep yeah. putting undefeateds against you, I assume that that is sort of the organization's way of testing you to determine, okay, this guy's beating consistently undefeated cats. Maybe we need to give him a shot. I don't know how that works. Um, that is a little bit of true. Um, since the division was not too packed, they just see somebody like with big possibility of making something. So they, they do try to maybe align little better fights for them so they would... Uh, have an interesting path maybe to get to the title uh, so for me yeah the first one was the guy was 11 and 0 he had like six fights in bellator and i don't think they liked him too much that's the guy who was talking trash i don't think they liked him too much and when i was looking at his fights i think he was just trying to um get a little bit more easy fights just to get his record up and of course make better paycheck because there was, I think there was like only two fights that were like somewhat competitive that he had. Like, well, other ones he just kind of killed a guy. And I think they told me that he did not even wanted to fight me when they uh, offered me to him. Just because his idea was, okay, this is my last fight. I'm going to beat somebody easy. I'm going to leave Bellator. I'm going to become this free agent, new hot fighter, blah, 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 12 and 0. <laughs> And hopefully UFC will sign me. So I, when I fought at Contender Series right before I fought him, I was the only one who did not get signed for the UFC. And when I fought him, I beat him. So now, okay, good luck on your um, on your UFC bid. On yeah. your on UFC bid, you just got beat. Now you're not undefeated. Now you don't have contract with nobody, and you just got beat by a guy who did not get accepted at the in a white contender series so good luck he got signed with pfl good luck to him but like i said i still hold that grudge it, is, <laughs> like, is there, yeah. are, are there organizational rivalries like like how professionally how well do the ufc and bellator get along that is interesting question i'm not sure because i think if i'm not wrong i think some locations maybe hold contracts with um, with the promotion, I I don't believe that Bellator ever fought in Vegas. Mm. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. So I think um, maybe they have like some locations locked down. I could be completely wrong, but I'm just going by the Vegas thing. Um, and of course, yeah, some UFC is obviously bigger. They need to put more shows, so maybe. They also have a bigger roster, so maybe they can come up with a little bit more interesting fights. So people might watch them a little bit more over Bellator. But right now, my division is getting a lot of attention because just in the last two months, they brought three like big names from UFC. Big, big names. And they're all going to be fighting in my division. So while before... I was looking at the division. It's like, okay, it's tough. Well, obviously, it's going to be tough. 
tough, but maybe it'll be a little bit easier path to get to the belt. While right now they brought in three more really, really tough guys. So even even though right now it's going to be much, much tougher, I do feel a lot of eyes will be on the division. It's going to drag a lot of attention to it. And it's still going to be better for everybody, even better for me. Just just because being in the division, like they just signed uh, um, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Mm-hmm. He just uh, that is a name I've heard. Yep, yeah. he he was uh, he retired and now he just come came back. So everybody's excited to see him. Also, U- UFC cut uh, uh, Romero. Joel Romero. Joel Romero. And uh, yesterday they said that he's gonna make his debut at two hundred five. So in Bellator, yeah. So fuck, dude. So all the eyes right now are on Bellator. I don't want you to fight him. Oh, I got a lot of comments yesterday. Is that what fight? Is that what weight you fight at? Two hundred five. Two hundred five. Yeah. yeah. Now here's here's what's funny. I'm hundred and ninety pounds at five foot eight, and you're. <laughs> what do you walk around at? Two twenty five, two thirty. Yeah, and he looks amazing. Yeah, gross. <laughs> so what what were they saying about you fighting Romero? Uh, they were like, "Oh, Julius, it'd be cool if you do it." Then someone else would tag, "Hey, can we welcome Romero with Julius?" Da da da. And I'm like, "We can." I mean, money talks. If money's right, let's do it. Um, Spoken like a wise man, not exactly. like not like mm, I'll fight anybody. Now well, let's talk about what's the what's the check look like. Exactly. There, there are there are, here. I am not a big and strong and scary guy. I would fight most people, but not you all, Romero. Fuck that. He's a scary dude. He has that weird... Um... He's a goddamn Olympian. Yeah. And a freak of nature. The guy's 43 years old, Mike. Looks like he's fucking carved out of stone. Yeah. And fuck him. <laughs> You're 29 years old. You could whoop a 43-year-old man's ass. Now, here's the thing. Here, a 40... Oh, dude, Julius has every bit of confidence, I'm a, sure. A, a yeah. 43-year-old man, he ain't afraid to get hit. He's probably going to take a beating. Is this guy married? His last fight was a fucking no title idea. fight, dude. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. So he, if he's got a wife and kids, another huge advantage over you. He There's literally. no psychologically breaking a man who's already been beaten by his wife and his fucking children. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no way. You're just going to have to be younger, stronger, and faster. Yeah. And, I mean, at the worst case scenario, with fighting, everybody always says, like, oh, you can't think about losing, or oh, you can't think about losing for me that doesn't make sense because that is a big possibility like you might lose so I kind of always try to go in with worst case scenario in my head or that losing yes is an option because it's not if losing is not an option then nobody would lose everybody would have winning records with no zeros on their with no uh, losses on their record so I just yeah whenever I fight somebody special like these tough tough guys and I'll be like, well, it's possible that I'll lose. Um, no big deal. I'll just get my paycheck and move on to the next one. And you just keep doing that over and over again. And I kind of, because everybody says, no, I can't think about losing. If you think about losing, you already lost. I'm like, no, because if you lose, then you're going to be thinking like, well, what just happened? I thought I'm not supposed to lose. And then you get all your reality distorted. Like, no, losing is a big possibility. You might get knocked out because you're going to do something stupid. So I just kind of think, go in, kick ass, whatever happens, just move on to the next one. Well, and I I wonder if psychologically some, you know, very talented people who dominate their field, if they become complacent, they just assume they're going to win and they get in the ring with somebody who's just hungrier and they end up losing a fight and everyone's, you know, it's it's a, it's a shocker and upset that this person loses the fight. I guess some people can do it. I mean, they probably already just like that good. For example, Khabib, like, no one can beat that guy. So I'm sure he has like some thought about possibly losing, but his mind is just so much about go, 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 be a champion, be a champion. That just overrides that the rest of the thing of him like possibly losing. Well, for me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not him. Like I do struggle in the fight sometimes, and it's just part of the game. So I mean, losing is a possibility, so I just accept it, and I think that helps me to perform as well. Because I know the dangers, and then it becomes like fight or flight. Because I'm like scared, I'm like freaking out. Oh my god, this guy's about to do some harm on me. Then I'm like hundred percent to protect myself and fire back instead of like, nah, 
I got this. I don't have to worry. Then boom, giant overhand, and I'm like waking up later. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting thing. I remember the fight where I got clipped for the first time pretty hard, and instead of me being wobbly, it like knocks you out for a split second. I was fighting um, Abdullah, I believe his nickname is uh, Black Spartan. I fought him in St. Louis, and uh, he was pretty far away. Like he was like from me and you, like. I could could not reach him. He could not reach me. The next thing I know, I'm looking at the floor <laughs> and I'm falling, and I caught myself. It's like my knees like went weak for a split second, and I hear people screaming. I'm like, "What just happened?" I'm looking at him, and I'm like, "Okay, we, I'm in a fight." It could have been all I know. It could have been like a split second, or it could have been like three hours. It was. It felt like complete cutoff. Wow. between the time so I'm like looking at him I'm like he's far away and then I'm like falling and I'm catching myself and people are screaming and I'm at the fight I'm like okay oh my god I am fighting uh, what just happened so then I look at the video he just simply threw an overhand right and like you see my body buckle for tenth of a second for the tenth of a second but the tenth of a second I fell asleep and I couldn't I would not know if it's like a split second or Three hour nap. You were completely separated from Just consciousness. Completely <sighs> separated from consciousness for that tenth of a second. I'm assuming the fight was over at that point. No, no, no. You no, were like, still in it. That's what I'm saying. Like we we kept, we kept fighting because on the video it looks like, oh, he hit me. I, I I buckled a little bit, and then you see me keep fighting. But I was like, oh my god, that was so crazy. Why? Because while I was fighting, and he hit me, I don't remember him hitting me. It like deleted that from my memory. And I just like look down and my knees were buckled. And then I come back up and I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm fighting. Why are these people screaming? What he did just hit me with. And so then he hit me he hit me with that same thing again. And I was like, okay, this is getting tricky. So I just took him down and finished him then. Plus my, sh- plus my shoulder was weird. I had like um, AC joint mm-hmm. out. So I had to do like push-ups before the fight to tensen up my shoulder, mm-hmm. to fill it up with blood because I couldn't really hit. I couldn't really move that arm. I did something on it. I think I fell on it or something bad happened. So I had to like improvise really, really bad. Um, and yeah, just because of that, he just hit me with two overhand rights and they couldn't finish me. The second one, it did not put me out, but like I felt it. And like it did do like a little bit, made me a little wobbly. I was like, yeah, I don't like this. I'm going to just take him down. I I just have to do what I have to do. And so, but yeah, that that was interesting. That was that first time when just literally get like separated from existence for that split moment is that where you're comfortable trading strikes uh, yeah um i try to be good everywhere try to be comfortable everywhere well, i think you, you have to right i mean you you have to have a full tool chest yes. to be competitive yeah because yeah, if you don't have a ground game then someone with a ground game will come in and yeah some collegiate wrestler is going to come in and fuck you up Exactly. So that was our big concern for my last one because we knew he was going to try to take me down. That was his thing. As as a fighter, that was his thing. He grinds people down. He consistently puts pressure on them, tries to take them down. So we just knew, okay, that's his weapon. We need to stop that shot. So we just worked so much on like stuffing the shot just to keep things standing. He shoots again. We stuff the shot. We keep things standing, and I keep touching him up. Um so, so that, then you threw him for a loop when you decided to shoot and go to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but he kind of, I mean, I took him down in the third round, but I almost feel he initiated me taking him down because my, my head was like near his armpit and he put his hand around my neck. And that kind of makes me feel like, okay, he's not defending the takedown. I'll take him down. But it's almost like he knew I was going to go for it. So he just adjusted his arm to have around my neck. So when I do take him down, he would, like, put me in the choke. Right. And it was tight. Um, I didn't expect it to be that tight. Or maybe I was just so tired and suffocating to begin with that any pressure felt too much. Uh, But, yeah, eventually he let it go. I was just thinking, yeah, we are talking about in the last one, last podcast, how it was just so bad and I'm so tired and it's... I have like three and a half minutes left, but I'm thinking, if I tap right now, we don't have to fight. All the struggle will be over. I don't have to <laughs> suffer no more. 
but that it's only three minutes. You, you're gonna regret. You're gonna regret losing half of your money. So just stick it out. He will let it go eventually. Because I mean, you don't want to hold on to the neck all the time. You're burning your arms out. If you don't have a choke, you don't have it. You just have to let it go. So I knew, I knew he was gonna let it go. He's gonna think that it's there is not enough pressure, which I probably could have just kept fighting in it. It was just really really uncomfortable. So eventually he let it go, and I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> I think it's like three minutes left. Gotcha, good, fucker. <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. Just the idea that you're down there getting choked, looking at the clock, thinking, I could let it go. Or I could keep 50% more money. Yeah. I guess I'll suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy that you even think about it. It's like, it's a lot of money you're going to be missing out or just because you are too lazy to deal with three more minutes. Right. So, yeah, because I'm going to count to 180 or whatever. Yeah. 180 seconds. That's it. That's all I've got. That's all i got to yeah. do. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, though. Yeah. And then how many... Do you try to fight a couple of times a year? Yes. Um, if you can. I mean, eventually, you, the injuries just catch up to you. Or if you're injured, you just can't for a while. There was one time when I couldn't fight for a year and a half. Um just because for over a year, over a half a year, I just was injured, and then another half a year, I was just was not able to find fights. So that one sucked. And right now, I fought last year pretty much at the exact same time as my this past fight. I was supposed to fight in February. My opponent got hurt. Then I was supposed to fight in May. Corona kicked in. Then I heard Bellator comes back at the end of the summer. I got hurt in late June. Ugh. So it was just my luck of just not fighting for the whole year. Literally, I f- this fight was exactly the same week as my last year's fight. My last year's fight was November 8th. This one was November 5th hmm. or vice versa. So. so if they call you and they're like, hey, March, let's do this, would you be in? Because right now I'm a little hurt. It's almost like... It's almost like you don't want to think about it until you completely healed. Okay. Just because you don't know how much this healing really is going to take. So you don't really want to. And then you're going to you're going to beat Ramiro's ass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's old. He's an old man. Yeah, he's just it's... remember he's the only advantages he has are pain tolerance and experience. That's it. You're younger, and you're faster. Oh, he's fast. Oh, is dude, no. for a 43 year old, this guy, really? this guy yes. is. Uh, so they, yes. they did a they did a scan of his body at the UFC Performance Institute, and the doctor was like, "Where the fuck did you find this guy?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, he's he's pretty special." And he's like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. Like, his bone density is too fucking high. He's too muscular." His uh, apparently his optical nerve mm-hmm. is like three times thicker than a normal person's. Well, um, it's, really? it's yeah, it's, it's genetic. Guy, it's genetic engineering. Did, well, he's know, Cuban. He's Cuban. Did you know that the China, Well, I mean, who knows what kind of fucking crazy communist gene experiments they're doing, or or were done in the fifties and sixties while we were dropping acid into <laughs> CIA agents' coffee cups, but. My point is the Chinese have genetically engineered their snipers that with the naked eye, a Chinese sniper can see twice as far as an American sniper. Really? That's not me making shit up. That's not me doing bullshit conspiracy theory. That's goddamn science. That's fucking crazy. Because people who, when, when the state is more important than anything, including God, you will genetically engineer human beings because life has no value above that of the state. I'm sure we would we do that here too. I'm sure we. I'm have. sure the sun makes sense. Like, why not? It. I mean, <laughs> fuck, you're almost you're almost a product of that. Yeah, you are. Like, think about it. you're a professional athlete. Like, you next to a normal guy. Like, the state didn't do it, but think yeah. about how much like how much better you yeah. are than the average cookie. Sure. And imagine imagine if the government that came in and they picked a female and they picked you and they spliced your genes together to make better people. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a you sniper didn't even, that you can didn't see even twice get to make it far. yourself. You, yeah. they, they're, they're like, here you go. Nope. Just shoot it in this cup. We'll yeah. take care of the rest. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have a fucking six foot tall baby at birth that could kick your ass. <laughs> That'd be fucked up, dude. I mean, that that's, would be crazy. This is this is still America. I know, but it, wow, wow. So okay, we're we're an hour in, so that's about where we wrap up here. Um, 
we do a word of wisdom every week uh-huh. uh, on this show. And normally Mike or myself pull something from our ass. Like a bit of sagely advice. Like my father would say something to the effect of never do your own killing. Uh, you know, because it, it'll get drawn back to you. Yeah. You know, or uh, my grandfather used to say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So do you have any huh. word of any wisdom? family wisdom? That I'll, for I'll, any I'll, have to, I'll have gems. to write those two yeah, down. Yeah. Don't do your own killing. I mean, yeah. it takes half fun out, but like, all right. Um, I see you. Now, you're not going to get dry railed in the shitter when you go to prison. I am. Yeah. So, mm-mm-mm. no, I'm not definitely not doing my own killing. Maybe I'm just, just w- don't get caught. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Step one, don't do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, my advice, I mean... Advice, just in general, was this, sure whatever yeah. what whatever you think is wisdom that you can impart to our listeners, and we're gonna we're gonna take some pictures today with you, nice, so that everybody knows how fucking big, giant, and awesome you are, and so you can post some pictures too, Dope. because you said last week, you're yeah, like, I didn't get one, fuck, and I was like, all right, we'll get we'll get one next yeah. week. Uh, I guess, oh man, when it comes to advices, it's just I've been always leaving with that same thing of consistency. And I said that same thing on the last show. Consistency is key. Consistency is key to everything what you do. Um, I never really thought of other things that I really... Dude, um, you have like the one-track mind. Yeah. You're like a fucking, I always do it the same. Fuck these bitches. I've (laughs) got to be a winner right now. Exactly. You're brilliant for that. Because I'm like, oh, dude, look at how shiny these fucking yeah, the light bulbs s- are. Yeah, oh, dude, I, I have some bit. light bulbs in my room just like <laughs> everywhere. The slightest bit of celebrity and money, I would be a monster, right? I, would, I mean, discipline would break. I'm Day one, eight o'clock, I would be done. It, There's it, no way. It does. And I mean, that's why I told like few of my friends. Because I mean, just like how I acknowledge losing, I acknowledge that money changes people. Money, the fame, like... It, it, it changes you into an asshole or like it just it does and uh, so I told a few friends like hey if you see me slipping off track if you see me like getting to um, what's the word uh, cunty yeah or like <laughs> too cocky with things just call me I'll be like Julius you're being fucking dumb right now like snap out of it like and I'll be like, oh, snap, you're right. Yeah, I'll be like, God Thank damn you. it, Julius, you weren't too good to be on my shitty podcast. Yeah. So stop being an asshole. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I told some of my friends, like, hey, just if you see me slipping up, just let me know because money does change people, fame as well, and um, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to lose the people who uh, helped me get there, so... So be consistent, motherfuckers. Exactly. Well, Julius, thank you very much, man. That was 